Young Entertainment. Young Entertainment. Young Entertainment Professionals. Young Entertainment Professionals. Take a look at that job description that you're applying for. And red, green, yellow, just like a stoplight. Get some highlighters. Get three different color highlighters. And in one color, highlight everything that you've done and that you know that you're great at and you know that you can do that. In yellow, highlight the things that you've maybe done that you've maybe had some experience with. And in red, highlight the things that you haven't done and this would be an opportunity for you to learn that. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Young Entertainment Professionals Podcast, a series featuring the people cultivating the entertainment industry and the influence Yep has had on their music industry community. I'm your host, Libby Olerich, and today we are sitting down with our Director of Community Engagement and one of my close friends, Ms. Rachel Knight-Sola. She offers so much advice for balancing your personal life and career in the entertainment industry, tips to making your resume stand out, and ways to manage mental health. She shares her personal journey becoming an entrepreneur in recruiting, life coaching, and helping people become the best in their area of expertise. Rachel hosts our monthly mixers and assists with any other events in the organization that bring our community together. She is a native of Louisville, Kentucky, and a graduate of Belmont University's Curb College of Entertainment and Music Business. During and immediately after college, Rachel worked in entertainment PR and IT startups. She is currently COO of Turnip Blood Entertainment and founder and president of the Knight Agency and Corporation, a talent development and placement agency in Nashville. I'm excited for you to meet her if you have not already at one of our events. Now to our episode with Rachel Knight Sola. My good friend, Rachel Knight, is here with us. How are you? I'm good. How are you? So good. I can't, like, I can't believe this is like the first podcast we've done together because I feel like with all the conversations that we've had in in our cars at Belmont, after just after our hangouts, like... We have the best One life needs talks. to be recorded, <laughs> right? We do. We have the best life talks. I love it. Yeah. Um, so today we're going to be talking all about career and entertainment. Yes. Um, and your experience um, and your recruitment and just all of the wisdom that you've not only given me, but those in, involved with YEP and those that are involved in college and um, so on and so forth. So I know your story, but... Some people listening don't. So if you could give a brief overview of your career and what's led you to where you are now. Sure. Um, My career actually started when I was three, (laughs) which I know sounds strange, um, but I started um, as a competitive dancer and traveling all over the Southeast dancing when I was three. Then that quickly morphed into theater and musical theater, um, which was a huge passion of mine and was basically being groomed to have a full musical theater career. Mm. Um, And my senior year of high school, as I'm applying for colleges, realized oh, no, I don't know if I want to do this the rest of my life. Uh, (laughs) It was an 18-year-old crisis, for sure, after doing it since age three. Um, So I originally went to Belmont here in Nashville for theater, and then I switched to entertainment industry studies because I figured I love the entertainment industry. I've been a part of it since age three, but now... Now I want to know the business. I want to be on the business side of it. And so um, I got my degree from Belmont in entertainment industry. And my first job out of college had nothing to do with the entertainment industry at all. Isn't that always somehow how that happens? Yes. Because, and I I actually, the first time I met met you, we were in 
I was in my first mass communication class. Yes, you were. We were in mass comm, and I knew I had to be friends with you. <laughs> I knew I had to be friends back. This is so great. And that started our friendship that I'm so happy that we still have now. Same. And back then, I'm pretty sure I told you, Libby, I want to be in TV. Libby, I want to be in film. And then uh, I ended up working in IT <laughs> right well, out you, of college. What I love about you is you're passionate about every area of, of what you do. And you're, you're yes. not afraid to explore really anything. Um, so I think that that was cool that I always thought, oh, she's just so interested in every aspect. And she's just going to kind of let let whatever happens take her there. Thank you. So. I am passionate about the human experience for myself and for mm -hmm. other people. And for me, that that doesn't have a boundary. The human experience is in work. It's in everyday life. Um, it's in the adventures that we take. It's in the struggles that we go through. And so um, I've always been a very naturally curious person. Mm -hmm. So I knew when it came to my career, even though everything in my life seemed to be pointing towards entertainment. Um, I wasn't willing to see what else was out there. Also, when I graduated, the economy was still bouncing back from right. 2008. And I think the summer that I graduated, Music Row hired two people that I knew of in my entire graduating class. Um, and so it was one of those things. I could move to L.A. or move to New York and you know, start a brand new life. I could move back to Louisville, where I was from, or I could stay in Nashville and take another job outside of the industry while the economy bounced back. Um, you best believe I applied to every single entertainment job that was open, though. Plunge a toilet, I'll do it. Be a receptionist, <laughs> sign me up. Uh, and they just, they weren't there. They weren't available. So I got a job in IT making 100 cold calls a day on a sales team. And that's where I like to say I honed my phone skills. Give me anything. I've got you over the phone. Um, and then from there, transitioned into recruiting. And it was in recruiting that I found my way back to the entertainment industry because I started recruiting for a record label based here in Nashville, um, and that has now kind of led me to where I am today. I own my own business, The Night Agency, which is a boutique consulting agency that specializes, I like to say, in the human experience, if you can specialize in that. Um, I do consulting with businesses both in the entertainment industry and outside of the industry on company culture, best practices, hiring best practices, recruitment. Um, and then also I do career and life coaching one-on-one -on -one with individuals in and out of the industry who who are looking for something. And sometimes it's looking to make a change. Sometimes it's looking to have someone to talk to who understands. Sometimes it's a student trying to get into the industry after graduating. Sometimes it's a professional looking to get out and wondering how do I apply what appears to be very niche skill sets in this industry to another industry. Right. Um, so I feel very fortunate that my passion in life is people and working with people and helping people. And I get to do that every day. Well, it's it's all you, totally you. And I, I you've helped me oh, navigate well, thank through you. things that I've, I've experienced. So I'm going to go a little off script because I like to do that occasionally. Okay. Um, culture is something that you that you 
keep mentioning. Yes. Um, in the entertainment industry, how do you help those that are already working and those that are maybe students trying to find a job figure out what kind of culture they want? I mean, does that take just starting somewhere and, you know, narrowing it down, pros and cons? What do you usually tell people? That's a great question. So if it's a student who hasn't had a lot of experience in the industry, um, you know, maybe they didn't intern at all. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is legitimately their first job out of college. I ask them, tell me, tell me about you. Tell me about your personality. How do you work? Are you a fast-paced worker? Are you someone that really likes to take their time? Are you a more collaborative person? Do you prefer group work? Or are you more independent? And do you kind of like if people just leave you alone and let you do do your thing and on your own time? Are you somebody that wants to grab, you know, coffee with a coworker before you head into work? Or are you someone that just wants to go to work and leave and really have that boundary between these are my work coworkers and this is my personal life? And everyone is different. I'm always so amazed when I talk to people about how they describe their style and what they're looking for. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of base it off of that. And I encourage people, when you're looking for a job, go to the website of the company you're looking at. Go to the Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn profile and see how do they talk about their company? Do they even have an about us section? If they do, what does it say? Does it have pictures or is it more formal? You know, um, can you see the value and mission statements on the website? Is that what that value mission statement says? Do you relate to that on a personal level? Seeing, asking yourself those first few questions will kind of help you to start to get an understanding of, is this a culture that I personally feel like is going to be a good fit for me? Or do they seem to have different values than I do? And then in the interview process, you see it, you really get to see it a lot more. Um, for organizations, though, that are looking to, you know, kind of enhance their culture or ask, like, how are we doing? What can we be doing better? That's really sitting down with current employees and asking, what do you love about your job? What do you love about working here? Do you like the wall color? Are there enough windows? I mean, I know Believe it or not, wall color is a thing. It really is I, a thing. I remember I when I was um, back interviewing for jobs, there was one or two places that I walked in that was like bright green walls. Mm -hmm. so, felt sterile to me. Yes. Maybe not to other people, but hence why I work in a cabin, essentially, <laughs> and it's great. Which I love. <laughs> Cozy. Yes. And that's, you know, colors psychologically have an impact on people and how they work and certain colors resonate with certain people whereas other people would see that color and go oh my gosh I couldn't spend five minutes in here um so color scheme you know a lot of businesses good bad or indifferent it's white or cream walls everywhere um very um kind of sterile yeah. feeling I feel like and I get it it's clean it's easy to maintain it's uniform it, it appeals to a wide variety of color choices and fabrics for couches and chairs and office supplies and desks um, but it's not very warm and so I think I really appreciate when businesses aren't afraid to have an accent wall of color or maybe you do a nice rich cream color but you got a blue couch you know right? you got something that pops and makes it feel a little bit more comfortable and I, I like 
I think the music industry, when it comes to spatial culture, Mm -hmm. does that very well in trying to make it feel a little bit more homey, feel a little bit more comfortable. Even simple things like pillows on a chair, pillows on a couch. Um, I do, I do love that. The entertainment industry is not afraid to have fun with interiors. Right. They never have been. And I do love that. But, um, yeah, helping people understand what they're looking for from a culture and a company, how, how they're going to be heard, how their needs are going to be met. Do you have even benefits kind of come into play with culture, um, vacation packages, bonus packages, um, you know, fun things that the company may do, company mixers, networking. Every company is different. Every company has its own heartbeat. And so my job is to help people figure out where they're going to thrive, where they're going to really be the person that they want to be, be challenged every day, get to do what they want to do. And that's why we have so many different companies. Not every company is right for every person. Mm -hmm. Um, That doesn't make that company bad. It just means that maybe it's not the best fit for a different variety of reasons. So, um, yeah, culture to me is I'm a nerd about it. I'm fa- <laughs> I read so many books about what works and what doesn't work, and I love sharing that with companies, and I love sharing it with individuals. Um, so for someone that's freelancing or who's a musician mm-hmm. or a songwriter, maybe they're not employed or have a publishing deal. And so they're having to create their own culture, aka their own network. And you run and book all of our amazing mixers, (laughs) panels, where, you know, our members can come together and network and get to know other creatives um, and and build a community from scratch or even build on what they've already got. So speaking in terms of someone that's maybe not getting hired at a company, they don't have an office per se, five days a week. Mm -hmm. What kind of advice do you have for that? For that person? I think knowing your personal brand and being very strong in that is um, is first and foremost. You know, if, if you walked up to me on the street, I need you to be able to clearly tell me who you are, what matters to you, how you're running your business. So once you've established that personal brand, where are you? You know, are you, is it better for you to get business one-on-one? Are you networking? Are you coming to Yep Mixers? Are you going to writer's rounds? Are you actively involved in the industry? This is a very relational industry. Showing up to industry events, people notice and they take notice of who is actively involving themselves voluntarily in this industry, not because they're looking for something because they want to support it, but also because they know that being there could lead to their next thing. Um, are you freelance in marketing? Do you have a great online presence? Are you active on social media? Do you have a great website and portfolio where, you know, if you meet someone and you say, oh, you know, I'm a freelance marketing graphic designer, you hand them their business, your business card, they can look and go online and really see the work that you're doing. Um, you know, I think it is really hard to be a freelancer in Nashville. Oh, yeah. Because there's a lot of us. <laughs> so, there are so many freelancers here. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to start small and find your community of what I like to call connectors. So people that know people that you would benefit from knowing. So, you know, people that maybe necessarily can't use your services 
but they're plugged in by nature of the work that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And they could be a great referral for you to someone who could use your services. This is a very referral-based industry as well. Um, So, and how do you find that network? You get out there. You go to networking events. You find people that are similar to you but doing different things but have similar ideals and can plug you in. I have found Nashville to be a very helpful community. All of us have received help at some point in our career. Someone sent an intro email. Someone set up a coffee meeting for someone. But you can't get that unless you ask for it, and you have to be willing to put in the ask. Send a LinkedIn message to someone that you don't know, but they do what you want to do and ask them I'm very impressed by your career. You're doing similar things that I hope to do someday. I'd love to buy you a cup of coffee when it's convenient for you to learn more about your career and how you got where you are. Let me know when is a great time. And I think, I mean, that's so important to remember those times when we've been helped in those changes or transitions because Mm -hmm. that's certainly helped me to not completely get down and out when I feel like my career is not going the way that it should. Yes, Everyone has to ask for help at some point, multiple times in your career. You know, I would not be where I am today without numerous people who were willing to send a friendly email recommending me or connect me to someone that they heard was hiring and thought, they need to talk to Rachel. Right. I would not be where I am today without help. And I'm also not afraid to ask for help because I'm one person. I realize I can't do everything on my own. And so I think when it comes to career, when you're you're whether you're just starting out and you're in college or you're looking to make a transition, ask for help, send the emails, send the LinkedIn messages, let people know that you're looking to make a transition and, you know, I always say looking for a job is a full-time job. Yeah. Oh. It, it is. It is. Between writing resumes that are specific to the job you're applying to, to cover letters, to coffee meetings, to networking events, to LinkedIn emails. I mean, if you're working full-time and looking to make a transition, you're basically working two full-time jobs. Um, so that's why I think it's so important to have that core community of people that you can rely on to help you during that transition. So what are some ways that you feel like the entertainment industry has changed in in terms of searching for the right career mm-hmm. um, and what that means at this point for someone to get hired in the area that they may be looking to to get involved. I feel like it's probably different in publishing versus A&R mm-hmm. or creative. I would say, though, I think the one thing that I've noticed in hiring over the past couple of years that's been pretty consistent um, – across the board, you know, not just the music industry, but the television industry, the film industry, um, is diversification and skill sets and almost jack-of-all-trade candidates. It used to be if you did marketing, you did marketing, and you were an expert at marketing, and you knew everything there was to know about marketing. I'm seeing job descriptions that are much more broad now. And so even if it is a marketing role, I'm starting to see skill set asks that are not necessarily marketing. Um, And I think that is a challenge that um, applicants are facing right now is 
trying to figure out how to diversify their skill sets to be to sincerely be a jack of all trade because I I don't really see super specific job descriptions mm-hmm. anymore. I see very broad based. And I think that has a lot to do with technology and how technology is affecting right. the industry. I mean technology has made it and this is any industry to be fair You don't need as many people working at a company because technology, you can have one person and with the right tech, they can kind of do three different people's jobs. You're one person doing three different roles. Um, And that's very common to see office manager slash executive assistant slash marketing coordinator in a job title now. And a lot of people that I interview, they're actually wearing three different hats at the companies that they're working at. And so... Um, yeah, I think that's the biggest opportunity and challenge. So when I talk to college students that are still in college, I always encourage them as you're trying to figure out what you want to do, try a bunch of different things, try a publishing internship, try a marketing internship, try A&R, um, take a design class, take, yes. Oh, like I'm not, I mean, there are platforms online that kind of give you like the foundation like I know I use Adobe Spark which mm-hmm. helps me on certain promotional items that I don't have time to go straight into Photoshop and build something from scratch right but knowing does how does basic design elements work is going to help you contribute more to the team Bas- especially cuz I feel like yeah. there's just a lot of small teams in entertainment period there are very very small teams and each person on that team has multiple roles. I always tell students, please learn basic web design. You don't have to be an expert at it, but can you build a basic website? Can you do basic things in Photoshop, Lightroom, any of the Adobe suite? Are you a whiz at Canva? That's that's the big thing right now. Everyone, and I love Canva um, because I'm a I'm (laughs) a bit older, so I didn't take a graphic design class in college because when I graduated, that wasn't a skill set that was common in an executive assistant role. But now you see executive assistant roles where they're like help with social media and help with basic graphic design. Mm -hmm. That wasn't necessarily the case five, 10 years ago. Um, So that's the biggest trend that I've seen. And when I'm able to talk to students early on, I always encourage them while you're still in school, really take advantage of a bunch of different electives to really, you know, give your resume a lot of diversity. Now, when I talk to people that are currently working and they're like, well, Rachel, how do I do that now? I've been in this Mm -hmm. specific role for 10 years. There is nothing wrong with that either. There is something to be said for being a specialist in what you're doing. And a lot of companies are still looking for that. But I also still tell them, take free online courses or pay $15 for an online course of basic Photoshop, basic web development, um, just to be able to say that you can. Mm -hmm. If you know how to design a newsletter, even. So much of it is digital now. Online marketing, digital marketing. um, I feel like it... I mean, the ratio of print versus online work that I do here Mm -hmm. is drastically shifted right yeah yeah so yeah it it is a challenge for candidates trying to navigate the becoming a renaissance candidate is what I like to say um but you know that is something that I I help with and I think people that have been in the industry for a while you can take your resume to them and and say can you look this over can we talk through it 
do you like what you see on it? Could I explain this more? Because um, people really undersell themselves on resumes, mm-hmm. completely undersell themselves on resumes. They, you know, and the resume is not everything that's supposed to get us interested in calling you, right? To right. continue the conversation. But if I'm not seeing the basic things that I need to feel like, okay, this shows a lot of potential. I'm not a mind reader. I don't know what you've done. I can't just assume that you've done something. So I always encourage people, have a few different people take a look at your resume and ask them to be brutally honest. Better to have a friend be brutally honest with you than a company that you really want to work for and they tell you that you're not what they're looking for. And I feel like if you do the research of looking on their website, their social media, being able to see how much visuals Mm-hmm. And and words mean to them is going to help you scale what direction to to um, design your resume. There's so many clues available right. to people from the company website to their social media to LinkedIn to Glassdoor reviews, even mm-hmm. what past employees. That's some good undercover under the radar. <laughs> you have. To, I will say though, you do have to take those with a grain of salt, uh-huh. um, especially the negative reviews, because what was a negative experience for one person mm-hmm. may not necessarily be. A negative experience, right? For it could person. be just a bitter pl- past employee, and you can you, you can usually tell the way the way it's worded too. Yes, you usually can, mm-hmm. and so I always tell people take a look at that job description that you're applying for, and red, green, yellow, just like a stoplight. Get some highlighters. Get three different color highlighters, and in one color highlight. I like to do green. Highlight everything that you've done and that you know that you're great at and you know that you can do that. Mm -hmm. In yellow, highlight the things that you've maybe done and you've maybe had some experience with. And in red, highlight the things that you haven't done and this would be an opportunity for you to learn that. That is, I wish I would have known that. That's so, that's great. Thanks. (laughs) I mean, I think we often need something to order our brain to figure out you know, yes. the truth and what we're able to do and then figure out how to explain what. Yes, because job descriptions can be very overwhelming yeah. for people, I think. So break it down first. And then what you do is you take those green and those yellows and you ask yourself, is that on my resume? And if it's not, make sure it's on your resume. Those key words of that job description if you've actually done it, need to be on that resume. So you really need to tailor your resume to every specific job that you apply to. Mm-hmm. Um, my one big rule is don't lie. So if you haven't done it, don't say that you've done it on your resume because we will find out. <laughs> we will in know. The, in the interview process, we, you know, because if you say you've done it, I'm going to ask you about that. And I'm going to ask you in what context, how long, what what versions of the software have you used? And with body language alone, I can tell almost immediately if you're lying to me. <laughs> so I always tell people, only put it on the resume if you've actually done it and you know you could go in on the first day and do it again. And that's why the yellow is important because maybe that's not your strongest skill set. So you can talk about that in the interview and say, I do you know, want to be transparent that while I have done this before, there's opportunity for growth there. Yeah. And I'm excited that I would get to do that in this position. Um, so, you know, taking the job description, making sure that the keywords of the job are in the resume. And then again, just looking at that company website, how do they talk about themselves? Are they fun? Do they talk about how they have a coffee bar in the office? 
that gives you maybe some freedom to in your about me or your profile section to throw in there loves a great cappuccino <laughs> loves a good vanilla latte it's a little bit of flair it tells me a little bit about you while not crossing the line of all the unprofessional more, yes of all the right. more personal things if they don't have that on their website and the website feels more straight line and professional i'd keep that resume straight mm-hmm. line and professional because that's probably more their culture and what their hiring manager or hiring team is going to be looking for for sure so i'm going to paint a hypothetical situation okay um so and so gets the job that they want and they are the Renaissance employee, and they are getting tasked with anything and everything. And this job turns into something where they're working. They're working a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that me and you have talked a lot about not letting our career completely define everything that we are. Yes. And to really pay attention to burnout. Um, and while also, I mean, working hard is still, I feel like, a very, very important value yes. to have. Absolutely. Um but the older I get, I feel like I, I realize that the whole work smarter, not harder quote is, is so sound. So can you speak more to um, the whole burnout uh, conversation and, you know, what it means to really be conscious of your mental health, especially in the entertainment industry? Yes. And this is something that I am so, so passionate about is having raw, honest conversations about mental health awareness and mental health care Mm -hmm. in the entertainment industry. Um, I personally have OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, and um, it is, it's an everyday journey and it absolutely affects every facet of my life. And that's something that I'm very honest and open about because I know that I'm not the only one. And so I think, you know, for me, I love having these conversations because the entertainment industry, as wonderful and exciting as it is, it's hard. It's really hard. It's a very hard industry to work in. Um, It's ever-changing. So as soon as you think you know how to do something, there's something new and there's a different way. And on one hand, that's awesome because it keeps us on our toes. It keeps us learning it helps. It keeps us innovative. It does. It keeps us innovative and it keeps us from getting bored because boredom at work is oh. the death of a of a job for a person. The moment oh, yeah. the moment that you realize that you are chronically bored. And so what I mean by that is months and months and months, six months, mm-hmm. you've noticed you're unfulfilled, you're bored, you're not being challenged. That's probably an indicator that it's time to make a change. Right. If you're bored on a Friday because it's been a long week, but that's not a consistent feeling, probably not time to make a change. But, um, you know, it's a hard industry, mm-hmm. long hours, constantly changing. And, um, you know, I hear this a lot, that it's a lifestyle industry, that the entertainment oh, industry is a lifestyle industry. And the way that I interpret that is it's a passion industry that you're willing to make sacrifice for in order to be in it and to do what you want to do in it. And that sacrifice may not be a bad thing. If this is your passion and this is your love and you know that this is what you want to do with your life, then I am so, so happy for you. And you may be more than happy to make some of the sacrifices that this industry requires. But for other people, I don't think 
going into it, they realized the sacrifices that it would require. And two, three years in, they find themselves questioning, is this what I really want? And a lot of times it is what they really want, but they're not healthy in their role. And so what I mean by that is they're giving all of themselves to their job and they're not taking time for self-care. They're not taking time to unplug. Um, They're not using their vacation time, which is insane to me why people don't use all of their vacation days. It's almost like we're given the option, but we're guilty to use it. Yes, and I think that's what it is. I think we are in a time right now where hustle is an expectation. And if you're not a hustler, you're not living to your full expectation. Mm -hmm. And that really bothers me. When you, no one in any industry can go 100% all the time. We are not wired, made that way to, to, to go that hard. No. All the time. And everyone's different. Everyone is different. Everyone deals with stress in a different way. Stress affects people in mm-hmm. a different way. Um, but, you know, I think in our industry, anxiety is a very real struggle that a lot of people deal with. Yep. I think depression mm-hmm. over time is a, is something that a lot of people deal with. And so for me, first and foremost, I want people to know that it's okay. If you are currently struggling with your mental health in any capacity or even just stress management, trying to figure it all out, it's okay. You are not alone. You've never been alone and you never will be alone. There are always going to be more people than not on a similar journey. I always say more people are struggling with something than not struggling with something. But we don't talk about it. It's still kind of this, um, I think people are worried what people will think about Mm -hmm. them if they admit that they're struggling. But I do like, you know, social media, good, bad, evil, awesome is a great platform for people coming out and voicing their journey and their honest truth. So I I am seeing a shift in workplaces and in individuals of being more open to talk about it. Um, Once you realize, though, that something's going on, it's, it's knowing what is next. And typically what is next is is seeing someone. And that's not always a therapist, although I, I think everyone should be in therapy. Even if you're not going through something right now, I think you should be in therapy because as human beings, and when you think about your day, how often do you actually take 20 minutes to ask yourself, am I happy? Am I safe? Am I fulfilled? Mm-hmm. Or even like navigating, because I know for me personally, I can kind of get inside my head without even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. If that, I don't know that like contradict that statement contradicts itself, mm-hmm. but... I tend to compartmentalize and push that to the side and not think about, well, why am I actually feeling that way? That's what is that telling me? Right. And how can I best um, manage that so that it doesn't come back up, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm stressed out or. Yes. And, and that's just that's great self-awareness, which is huge. So I'm so proud of you for, <laughs> you know, <Thank> you. <laughs> even though I'm sure it may drive you crazy if you feel like you're constantly in your head it's so important that you are asking yourself those questions and you're taking in how Mm -hmm. different life stressors are affecting you personally and mentally and emotionally. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I always, if someone finds themselves in a state of, oh, I, I need to talk about this, I think therapy is a great option. I also think having a core group 
a community group of support absolutely is key in life in general, regardless of what industry you're in, but especially the entertainment industry. And that's one of the reasons why I love Yep and I love throwing monthly mixers because to me, these mixers are so much more than just a two-hour networking event. They are a safe space for people to come who understand one another. You know, you may be in publishing and I may be in HR in the entertainment industry, but we both have the same industry stress, mm-hmm. right? Our oh. day, our days are and different. And finding someone that gets that and understands. Yes. I mean, and, and, and again, it's an industry's outside entertainment. Yes, it is. You've it's got every to have industry. those people that you don't have to explain the reasons why you're stressed out. Right. People that are walking a similar path is you. They may they may take, you know, a different way of doing it. It may be a different facet of the industry. But overall, they can understand and be sympathetic to what you're experiencing. So I think having a core support group in the industry, but then equally as important, having a core group outside of the industry, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think is also really important for perspective, outside perspective. Oh, I have tons of friends most of my friends outside of my job are not in the music industry. Mm-hmm. And I, I say I have a handful of friends that are, but I, for my personal sanity, I have to step away. Yes. And I'm friends with a lot of our same recruiting friends. Mm-hmm. Just to, just different people that um, I'm not having to constantly be talking about my career. They don't have to talk about their career all the time. We have like a solid friendship that's right not based off of that. Which is so important for just your personal right. health. Um, so I think, you know, having those core those core community groups, having a mentor, having mm-hmm. someone that's older than you that has more life experience. Um, older people are my favorite people. <laughs> Same. Uh, their life stories and their willingness to share are invaluable. And so... Having a mentor inside this industry, I think, is key. Um, And so having people, though, that community is important to be able to talk to and to be able to ask questions to and to be able to have open and honest conversations of, hey, I'm kind of struggling right now with this, and I'd love to talk to you about it and see if you have any insight, Um, I think is super important. And then you know, utilizing resources that we have available. Nashville is so fortunate to have wonderful mental health resources that cover a wide variety, whether it's personal, relational. um, And so, you know, one of them is Porter's Call, Mm -hmm. who works specifically, um, you know, with musicians and artists. um, And they do have some specific requirements for being able to receive their services. But the work that they're doing... Uh, I mean, they're some of my favorite people. The way that they are helping artists navigate this industry, give them the support that they need, uh, it, it's inspiring. Right. And then um, on-site workshops, mm-hmm. while I have never participated in one of their workshops, I know numerous people who have, who it's been life-changing for them. And my understanding is that on-site is, is open to anyone um, individuals, couples, groups, um, they do a wide variety of different programs. And, um, I just so encourage anyone who finds themselves 
struggling in any way um, to look into the different resources that they have. Because, you know, in this industry, you have to take care of yourself. You do. Because it... um, it's like we said, it's just hard. But yeah. to be fair, I love the entertainment industry. Every industry is hard. It's not just yeah. the entertainment You've got to find what struggles you're willing to put up with. And we live in a a go, go, go society right. now. We are always connected. We are always on. You know, I, I mean, aging myself, I remember the day before social media. Well, I mean, we all do. Yeah. But now we're always on, right? If you haven't posted on Instagram in a few days, someone's asking, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm busy. So you have to tell people now <laughs> that you're taking an Instagram fast. Right. You do. You have to tell people, I'm taking a break of on social media. I'll be back. Why do we feel the need to do that? I mean, if you think about it, that's kind of like without being on the phone, telling people why you're not calling 24-7. Right. Or texting all the time. So I think it's not just work that's gotten hard. It's life. <laughs> and I love life. And I am so grateful to be mm-hmm. here. But I do think aspects of life... The constant need to be on in some capacity can get very overwhelming. And it's a lot to have to live up to. And quite frankly, I don't know anyone that can actually live up to it. You wants to deep down. You've got to take a break. Right. You've got to give yourself permission to give yourself a break. Give yourself permission to prioritize yourself and your needs over everything else. And that looks different for every person. Some people meditate for 10 minutes in the morning. Some people have a cup of coffee and watch their favorite on-demand TV show before they go to work. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who love bubble baths and candles and books, but, you know, it's self-care and that's what it is. And I know this gets talked about a lot, but so many of us talk about doing it, but we don't actually do it. And sometimes it's just five seconds of telling yourself just to calm down. Mm-hmm. To take a deep breath. And just realize that, like, things are going to work out the way that they're supposed to work out. And in the long run, it's going to be better suited for what you actually need. Yes. And I know this sounds funny coming from a career coach, but... My hope for every person is that their job title does not define them and that they don't allow their job title to define them. Um, And they realize their life purpose. And many times your life purpose is not your job, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of hope that it's not, to be honest with you. Um, I kind of hope that your life purpose is for you to be the very best person that you're capable of being in every way, taking into account all the challenges that life is going to present to you, being the best person that you can be, loving yourself, loving other people, having friends, being a friend, um, living life experiences with other people and growing from them. You know, I... I would love nothing more than for everyone to have a job that they feel fulfilled by. But the reality of it is, is some of us work to have money to do other things in our life that are important to us. And that's okay, too. Um, Many of us are fortunate to have jobs that we are passionate about and that we love and that we get great purpose out of. And that is awesome and wonderful. But I hope that you are also fulfilled and have purpose outside 
of your job too. And I think if you're finding yourself in a stressful time at work or feeling stressed in this industry, like you said, taking a step back, taking a deep breath and getting back to basics. Who am I? What's important to me? What do I value? And what is the big picture here? And when you put it in that perspective, the stresses of this industry kind of become pretty small. That you don't, it's like, oh, it's okay. That person reacted the way that they reacted, moving on. Right. Or when you do get those positive successes, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean so much to you to the point that you're depending on that for some sort of self-validation. Right. And, you know, when I do... When I do interviews, I start every interview, regardless of the position, the same way. I always ask my very first question, tell me about yourself. Tell me about anything you're comfortable sharing that's not on your resume. Mm. I would love to get to know you. And you would be amazed how many people answer that question just telling me their internship and their job experience. And that's fine, but that's not what I was asking. I was really asking you know, what are you comfortable telling me about yourself? Where are you from? Are you from Nashville? Are you from somewhere else? Do you have a favorite sports team? Do you have a favorite color? Do you have a favorite coffee? Um, you know, are you, were you just named, you know, the most important volunteer at your church because of something great that you did? Or do your friends consider you the mom of the group? You know, I, I can't ask people to volunteer, you know, to, to say certain things, but I like to give them the opportunity to and to know that it's a safe space. Um, because my opinion on work is skill sets matter, but who you are matters more to me than that. Because besides very niche professions, we can teach you almost anything you know need to know to be great at your job. But I can't teach you to be a culture fit, to bring that word back. Um, I can't teach you to to vibe with the current team that's there. You either do or you don't. And so that's why I also think personal self-awareness in who you are and what you feel like some of your purposes on this earth are is also important for your career. Because you're going to get asked questions like that in an interview. You're going to be tested in a workplace and really being confident and solid and grounded in who you are and your values and what's important to you and making that work for you in this industry, I think is so important. Mm. And I think in order to do that, you've got to be in touch with yourself. You've got to do those daily check-ins and really ask yourself, am I happy? Am I fulfilled? Am I safe? Am I growing? Um, And finding ways, if you don't feel that way, how do we get back to that? How do we get back to that core? And, you know, in the entertainment industry especially, how do we maintain who we are and stay true to ourselves in this industry? And in my opinion, those are the people that have been the most successful. You know, the people that everyone looks up to in this industry, they're them. Mm -hmm. They are unapologetically them and I love that. They they are true to themselves and they've made it work in this industry. They didn't try to fit in a bubble. They stayed true. They're the innovators, you know, and I yeah. think um that's what I hope for everyone in this industry is that they can have their voice be who they are and make it work in this space. And I think you absolutely can, but you've got to be able and be willing to do the personal work to do that. 
I could not agree more. You were awesome. <laughs> and I'm going to have a really hard time finding a quote to open this because you've given such <laughs> so much great advice. Well, you are awesome and just so proud to be your friend and to have seen your career journey. You know, <laughs> it's I'm so proud of you. I feel like you've made so many great personal life decisions that have gotten you to where you are, but I'm also so proud of how open and honest and self-aware you are with your own journey and willing to share that with others. I think that openness and that transparency is key in this industry and getting all of us where we're meant to be. And I'm just very, very, very proud of you. Thank you, Rachel. Right back at you. (laughs) So where can people contact you? Like what, if they want to reach out about, you know, your, your life coaching or if they are interested in finding a job, like what does that look like for you? Yeah, so um, they can just email me at rachel at nightagencyinc.com. So R-A-C-H-E-L and then Night Agency Inc. K-N-I-G-H-T-A-G-E-N-C-Y-I-N-C.com. It's probably the easiest Great way. Great enunciation you just had going on there. Thank you. <laughs> Years of theater practice. Um, it's probably the easiest way to reach me. I will be very open and honest that... Um, my LinkedIn inbox is terrifying mm. <laughs> in a great way. I'm right. so grateful for every person that reaches out, but I'm not as timely there mm. as I really try to be in email. Um, so, yes, I would love for people to reach out. Um, I love meeting new people. I love being a resource to you if you find yourself in a, in a time of need, of transition, or just... Wanting someone to talk Just to. Just a new friend, you know? Yeah. Love to be That's... that person. Or I'd love to connect you to someone that I think mm. may be even more qualified. If it's not me, I'd love to connect you to another person that I think could be great for you. So amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much, Rachel. Thank you for having me. Of course. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Young Entertainment Professionals podcast. Remember, if you love what you're hearing, please rate the series, tell us what you think, or share with a friend. A few places you can find us online. Visit yepnashville.com to sign up for our newsletter so you can get involved, hear about our new podcast episodes, and experience mixers, rewind shows, and more. We are also on social media as Yep Nashville and Yep Los Angeles. Yes, we have added an LA chapter, and you can follow along if you happen to be a West Coaster listening to our series. Find us on Spotify and follow our curated playlist featuring new music we love. Until next time, discover, cultivate, accelerate.